ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, you can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. All right, everybody. Welcome aboard. We're right on time today. Today is uh, Tuesday, September 12, 2023. Welcome aboard. We've got a great marathon for you today. We're going to kick it off with Evangelist King Ran Ritchie. And uh, just a reminder, we've got blog talk back online, so you can listen now via MixLR, our IceCast server, and for those that don't have data, you can try out our phone line at 515-602-9734. Just remember our website, it has all the information there, MegamanRadio.com. King, welcome back, my friend. How are you doing? Doing wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Glad to be alive, glad to be here, glad to be born again. <laughs> Amen to that. Glad to be walking, glad to be walking strong, glad to be healthy, and uh, glad to be an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. we got a lot to be thankful for. Praise Amen. God. And uh, everybody, welcome. Invite a friend to tune in. Brother King, you want to open us in prayer, and the mic is yours. Yes, sir. Father, in the name of Jesus, Yeshua, the Holy One of Israel, thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your kindness, your grace. And thank you, Lord, for forgiving us, for dying for us. Thank you, Father, that you sent your only begotten Son, that all who would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And Lord, help us to be true believers and and help us to be and live the Shema, which is hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. And Lord, that here means hear and obey. It's not simply just hear. It means hear and obey. So help us to hear, help us to be obedient, help us to forgive others and ourselves. Or do what only you can do in a human life. You're the one that changes us. You're the one that makes us. Through your regenerating power of our precious Holy Spirit makes us new creations, new creatures. Thank you, Lord, for for the beauty of being born again. And, Lord, we just ask you to help us. We, we confess all of our sins. I confess mine, my wife Callie's, all of our bloodline sins. Uh, uh, Shannon and his whole family and all his bloodline sins and Naritas and Lord and anybody else that's listening because see we approach your throne of grace through the blood Lord not as condemned people but as forgiven people but we want to clear every path and remove every obstacle so Lord let it be let it be done according to your word we believe it we receive it First John 1 9 in Jesus name and father in Yeshua's holy name we thank you for power authority we thank you for dutimous power we thank you for authority over all the power of the enemy let Jehovah God arise and the enemy be scattered in Jesus name and Lord I just ask you to send your warriors out here to surround us protect us with Shannon to surround and protect him and his and with every family that might be listening every person that might be listening let your warriors do battle on their behalf as the kingdom of god is expanded your kingdom come lord your will be done on earth in our hearts as it is in heaven in yeshua's name amen amen king welcome back and take it away I don't want to talk this morning about, um, uh, I'm just going to get, do a little medley that any one of these areas could um, be a teaching in itself. But I want you to ponder this, and, and um, th- this is forgiveness of self before we ever start. And this is, um, we, we know, and if you've been taught, and if you've heard, and if you hasn't, haven't been about deliverance, I'm going to, I liken it to two different kinds of guns. There's the, there's the salvation prayer, which is, Oh God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. And, and that's, Hey, I need you, Lord. I, uh, come live in me. Be my Lord. Be my savior. However, however you made a real transaction with God that you admitted you needed Jesus. 
You admitted you needed the Messiah. You admitted you needed a Savior, and you put your trust in the work that he did, which was finished at the cross. You put your trust in the truth that he's God who became man. He was born of a virgin. You put your truth, your, 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 your belief in those truths. And if it was real, and if you were real, God will save you. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, Acts 2.21, which was a quote from Joel. All who call on the name of the Lord. But it's, listen, he's, he knows it all. He knows the heart. So he knows whether you're real. And, and there's no salvation, hear me, without repentance. Repentance means to turn from sin. So it means, and it doesn't mean that you're perfect. It doesn't mean you'll ever be perfect. We need the Savior, and he will continue to do his work until the day of redemption. But if you have some kind of belief in your heart that your sin is okay, and it's okay to continue to sin and serve the living God, you've been, you're, you're, you're living a lie. It's self-delusion. It's a, it's a lie from the outside. It could be grace that, that, uh, uh, the wrong teaching of grace. Because, see, grace is not that it's okay for you to sin. Grace is God's power within us to to create God's will in our lives to come to pass. It's God's power to help us do his will. Well, his will is that we would live in accordance to his commandments. Uh, Jesus, Yeshua, the Holy One of Israel, said, if you love me, you obey my commandments. All of God's moral commandments still exist. I, I put it to you, the, the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We've been grafted into Israel. We're not. So people believe that the, the body of Christ is a separate entity. No, we've been grafted in. And those that refuse Yeshua, even all bloodline Israel, they were kicked out and they didn't come. They, they're, they're apart. Until they're grafted back in, and some are being grafted back in as we speak. But we're the Israel of God, and we're the born-again people, and we're to live according to his precepts, line upon line, precept upon precept. We're to live according to his covenant. And and one of the things, listen, forgiveness. So he said, you have to forgive. He said, you're not even forgiven if you don't forgive. Well, most people identify with that and understand that that forgiveness needs to go out to others. And and back to the rifle and the shotgun, the shotgun prayer, the real deal, the one that, that, that if you said, God, forgive me, I'm a sinner, I need you, and you really, truly gave your heart to him. Then he makes a transaction in which the Holy Spirit comes and indwells inside, and you are changed. And and you might not be in in most or not, obviously, but there we wouldn't even be here. But but you're not just delivered of everything. And yeah, he, he delivers some people of some things sovereignly. He does. So sometimes people get born again, they just quit smoking. They get born again, they just quit drinking. They get born again, they just quit whoring. But there there are things that can still be there, like the rejection, the fear, the anger, all those things we have to be delivered of. But yet you're changed inside. It's, as Paul described it, there's a war. And, and he says, what I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I do. And he says, it's my members. See, see, it's that war against the flesh, but the spirit wars against the flesh. So your spirit, man, your very core of your identity now is not happy to sin. And, and I'm going to tell you something. I saw a teaching. I guess we're going to go here. You have a conscience. It's God given. Even little kids, little babies, you know, little toddlers, when they steal, they hide it. They know it's wrong. When they lie, you can see it in their face because they know it's wrong because that's God-given. But your training also affects your conscience later. So there are people within the body of Christ. See, for instance, um, I'm just going to say this. Sodomy is described as oral or anal sex between same sex or opposite sex. That's sodomy. Almost every Christian I've ever seen, if you asked if that was okay, they akin that to Sodom and Gomorrah, and they would say no, but they have no clue 
that oral sex is part of that. See, you have to go get a dictionary to find out what the real meaning of it is. And see, I read a little book years ago called Can the Wedding Bed Be Defiled? Some of you may need to get it. Can the wedding bed be defiled? Marriage bed be defiled. Because it in in Hebrew says the wedding bed is not defiled. Well it's not it's saying that it's defiled when it's right, but it's also not giving you license to do what God said would be perversion. And sodomy is. But if a person's been trained wrong, trained wrong by religious leaders who unknowingly are not I'm not telling you that they're evil. But they don't have any discernment, and they're not—they're not digging after the word of God. And then I want to tell you that humans will gravitate to the flesh, and just period. (laughs) But but that's an area that, like all almost all other sins of pleasure, feels good. So people want to maintain it and say it's okay, and they grasp what they've been taught wrong, so their conscience is altered. It's altered by what they've been taught in the way of what what p- people say is okay when it's not. And so then you've got married couples where the man is constantly struggling with pornography or got a wandering eye and they're doing things in their own marriage bed that are defiling them. That's just a nugget for somebody. But, but we're talking about the conscience. So we want a clear conscience. We want an unencumbered conscience, but not one that's seared in any area or one that's that is that has been taught that certain things are right when they're not right. I just gave one example. So let's get it. Why not be a people that just say, God, if there's anything I'm believing that's not right, if there's any tradition of man that I've been taught that is wrong, I I forgive those people. But I I want to learn if I if I have not rightly discerned the word of God, then, Lord, forgive me for that. I want to be open to the truth in whatever area I need. Now let's come back. So we pray the, the the shotgun prayer to get saved, but then we pray rifle shots. Rifle shots go straight to the point. They're precision shots. They're not a, a shotgun scatters in a broad area with multiple pellets. A rifle has a bullet that hits on target. A bullet that hits on target if you're shooting right. Now listen. Deliverance requires rifle shots. There's there's a place that I, I've seen I've seen people that used to be very able ministers that don't even believe that they, that it they don't believe that it requires um, specific repentance. But I'm just going to tell you, I watched Win Worley a long time ago. Mass deliverance. If you've never seen it, go watch it. And I watched the man sit there and take the people through a massive repentance and then call demons out and they're flying out of everybody everywhere. And I knew that was the way because here's and the way I was first taken through deliverance. Let me just tell you, and the most effective ministers I've seen. That's how they do it. Then you're not wrestling with demons trying to get them out because they have legal rights. You've plundered their legal rights. And I, I've seen people that want to wrestle with them, and or, or and even when they get some out, they don't get as many as they could out. But here's here's one thing I've always said: if the demons aren't there, they don't come out. So when you take people through specific repentance, and then they manifest demons, that means the demons were there. And I, I kind of over twenty something years, and I, there were many behind me that I've learned from. That, that it, you know, beginning with books like Frank Hammond's books, Pigs in the Parlor, Derek Prince's books, They Shall Expel Demons. There are many behind me that had that understanding. Some used to even learn under them, were with them, and, and, and then drifted away in many ways. And what always happens when you drift away is you're going to gravitate back to the fl- flesh. But but of those people and and what we've seen is is that when you have specific repentance, you get massive deliverance. Now, 
I've come to figure out that if the sins of the father or iniquities of the fathers are visited to the sons to the third and the fourth generation, what happens if nobody repents? Nobody gets cleansed. Nobody breaks the curses. Well, it, it doesn't take long to figure out that it just stacks because then you go to the next third generation, the next fourth generation, the next third generation, and it's all, all stacked back. So how far back does it go? So what I've come to learn is, is that pretty near everybody has everything you can <laughs> pick it. Pick the curse. It's there. Uh, the gods and goddesses that your ancestors worshipped will be there. They'll be there. And not see those gods and goddesses may have very well been you know fallen angels or uh, we we typically believe and I do that the the angels were um, are male you know some may believe a little bit different but wherever I see them in the Bible that's what I see but I'm going to tell you many gods and goddesses were the nephilim the mixtures. So they were supernatural beings, and then you would have had females born into that area. Okay, so so that they're worshipped, but the what comes down the line is a particular demon or a familiar bloodline spirit that takes on the name of the god or goddesses. And this is a bonus for somebody: go research your ethnicity and look up who the gods were. Because this isn't going to be none today. Look who the who the gods were, who the goddesses were, what they worship. Did they worship animals? Did they worship the dead? And renounce that stuff specifically, and command those demons to come out. But specifically, at where we're going to go today in our rifle shots is is that you know you need to forgive people of their deeds. You need to forgive your father. You need to forgive your mother. You need to forgive your siblings. And and it's oftentimes not just I forgive them, but I forgive them for this. I forgive them for that. I forgive them. I forgive my father for not being there. I forgive my father for his abuse. I forgive my father for not uh, working all the time and not spending any time with me. I forgive my father that I couldn't talk to him. I forgive my father for not protecting me. I forgive my mother for being critical. I forget whatever, whatever's there. Some of you may need to forgive your mother for not protecting you from your father. Whatever's there. But then... There is self. The, first, the two commandments that everything hangs on, according to Yeshua, Jesus, the Holy One of Israel, Jesus Christo, the mighty God, are love the Lord your God, your Elohim, with all your heart, mind, and strength, or soul, everything you have, your entire being, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So the first one, it love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength, or soul is dealing with have no other gods before Him. <laughs> Means love Him and Him alone. He's a jealous God. Don't bring any cursed objects into your house. Don't have idols. Kill all of that stuff. Then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Is dealing with don't commit adultery. Don't steal. You know, and I'm going to go back. It's keeping the Sabbath. Need a day of rest. You need a day of rest. I, I remember Shannon Post. I'm going to tell you this. I believe you can worship God any day you want to, but there is a day of rest. Look at all the languages that identify Saturday as Sabado, Sabbath. Just, just go look. I think we're missing some things here. But listen, we have to forgive ourselves specifically. And so you may need to go and say, and and first person yourself, like you're sitting in a chair looking at yourself. I'm not saying imagine this, but it's as if you're sitting there looking at yourself going, I forgive you, Randy, for being the whoremonger you used to be. I forgive you, Randy, for your divorces. Uh, I forgive you, Randy, for your, your drug use. I've see, see, hear me. You forgive yourself specifically just like you would do another human being. And I'm, I'm telling you, even though I'm going to be teaching here on some different things, this will be recorded. This will be recorded, and you'll be able to pick up the lesson later. But 
if the Lord starts showing you things you need to specifically forgive yourself while we're doing this ministry, then start doing it. Start speaking to yourself, releasing yourself of all those charges. Not just the shotgun, I forgive you, but I forgive you for, and speak those words. So with that, and I pray, Father, I bind the strong man assigned against each bloodline. I bind every mind-blinding spirit. I bind every deaf and dumb spirit. I bind every personal protective demons. I break your power. I thank you, Lord. All of those have to go. If you, if Listen, say it with me. Father, I give up all personal demonic protectors that I've partnered with knowingly or unknowingly since a child. I break their power and I command them to go in Jesus' name. If you can agree with that, just take a deep breath and let them go now. Just let them go now. You don't want them. They're the liars. They're the ones that have kept you from the fullness of the goodness of God. They're the ones that have been used to isolate you. They're the ones that have been used to cause you to hurt other people with a wall of defense out of your mouth. We only want the Holy Spirit. His restraining when we need it. His boldness when we need it. His wisdom to shut up and walk away when you need it. Come on. That's what we need. We don't need demons programming. We don't need to behave according to the demonic programming of our past. And we want to take ourselves out from under the yoke of their control. So let it be done in Jesus' name. So I pray that you show the people, Lord, whatever they need to see in Jesus' name. Amen. With that, I'm going to move into a few little other areas. One of them is identity. Listen, we believe in in, in deliverance, casting out demons. It's critical. We've got to do it. We need to defeat the works of darkness. We, we are God's children. Deliverance, huge amount of the ministry of Christ, what the apostles did. They'd go and preach and demons would come out and people would get healed. We desperately need deliverance. But there is a but that says if you don't grasp truth and live it, you're not going to stay delivered. You're not going to stay delivered. There, You're going to have to submit to God and resist the devil. And in every area I'm going to talk about, it requires submitting to God and resisting the devil. And the number, the, the first place I'm going to start is with identity. you got to know who you are. Who are you? In order to become effective as a warrior for the living God and even begin to walk out the holy, victorious life in Christ, we must know who we are in Christ. We must know who Jehovah says we are. We must learn his promises. Here are a few scriptures that need to be received as truth. When the enemy lies to you, the way to defeat him is with God's word, just like Jesus in the wilderness. You say, shut up, devil, in Jesus' name, and you swing the word of God, which is the sword of the Holy Spirit. You need to quote back to him. Jesus patterned it for us. In Paul's teaching on casting out vain imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 and 5, 6 there, taking every thought into captivity for Christ. That's what this is. When you, 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 in Ephesians 6, when we're talking about the armor of God, there's a shield and a sword. You throw the shield up to block the fiery darts of the enemy. You you swing the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Jesus patterned that for us when he was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. He did what these instructions are doing, saying, if you don't respond, you get stuck. So in each of these areas I'm going to talk about, these are they're going to be weapons of warfare, but beginning with the identity in Christ. When something is trying to rob you of who God says you are, you're going to have to respond. 
You've got to receive his word as truth. You've got to speak it. So I'm going to quote a few scriptures in my teaching. I probably got 30 of them here. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to skip through a few of them. But how about 1 Peter 3.18? In Jesus Christ, I've been made alive in the spirit. You can make these personal. I just did that there. In Jesus Christ, I've been made alive in the spirit. 1 Peter 4.14. If you're reviled for the name of Christ, you're blessed because the spirit of God and glory rest on you. Truly, according to them, he is blasphemed, but according to you, he is glorified. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4, according as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue through which he has given to us. That's you. That's me. Exceedingly great and precious promises so that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Thank you, Lord. Say I am a partaker of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Listen, there's lots of problems in the charismatic realm of the church, the the spirit-filled people. There are lots of problems. There's kundalini, the spirit, the counterfeit of 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 the father the son the holy spirit, the counterfeit holy spirit. There's counterfeit Jesus, counterfeit father. Okay, there just is. And that spirit cannot work in dead places. It has nothing to do there. It only works in places that are believing God for miracles, but it's there. But there are a lot of things they did right, and one of them is confession. You confess who God says you are with your mouth until that becomes your reality, your reality. John 15, 15 through 16, Jesus, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master does, but I've called you friends. For all things I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you shall ask of my father in my name, he may give to you. See, are you say, I am a friend of God, Jesus. Is my friend. Ephesians 2.10, for where is workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. How about 1 John 4 and 4? Well, this is one I learned early. You are God, little children. You've overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Do you believe Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Does this describe your life? Has this been done? Do you believe it? Come on. Now listen. That's when the enemy's telling you you can't do something. Come on. Do you resist him with that? And maybe, maybe, maybe the Lord has gotten you in a place where he's called you to teach somebody. Oh, I can't do that. Well, you know, you're supposed to witness. I can't do that. No, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You have to push past the fear. You do it by quoting the word and you do it by doing the opposite of what the devil wants you to do. Look, I am loved, 1 John 3, 3. I am accepted, Ephesians 1, 6. I am a child of God, John 1, 12. I am Jesus' friend, John 15, 14. I'm a joint heir with Jesus, sharing his inheritance with him, Romans 8, 17. I'm united with God and one in spirit with him, 1 Corinthians 6, 17. I'm a temple of God. His spirit and his life lives in me, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. I'm a member of Christ's body, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. I am a saint, Ephesians 1, 1. Come on, I'm redeemed and forgiven, Colossians 1, 14. I'm complete in Jesus Christ, Colossians 2, 10. I'm free from condemnation, Romans 8, 1. I'm a new creation because I'm in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I am chosen of God, holy and dearly loved, Colossians 3, 12. I am established, anointed, and sealed by God, 2 Corinthians 1, 
29. I do not have the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Second Timothy 1, 7. See, those those people in the spirit-filled church, with one of the things, and I was there with them in, in, in the early days of my walk and learning these things, learning this word and learning the power of confession because you're not to be conformed to this world, but transformed from the renewing of your mind. And some of God's people, maybe it's you, you're struggling and the devil's able to get in with his lies. And right here is the truth to respond. It's all over his word. I'm God's co-worker. I'm seated in that Second Corinthians 6 and 1. I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ. But let me tell you something. You don't have to learn them all at once. But you need to get some word. And, and start quoting it and quoting it daily till it becomes established and grounded into your heart who you are and what he says you can do. There's, I'm just going to quote these, uh, the, the scripture address. John 15, 16, 1 Peter 2, 5, 2 Peter 1, 4, Hebrews 13, 5. Philippians 2.13, James 1.5. Listen, I'm going to say James 1.5. Listen, I can ask God for wisdom, and he will give me what I need. That, that is me personalizing that because God says if a man lacks wisdom, let him ask, and he will receive without being upbraided. That means God's not going, why are you bothering me again? No, he's delighted to give us wisdom. Confess them, confess them, confess them. Take a few at a time. You know, listen, you can make it personal. How are you being defeated? What lies the enemy putting in your mind? Where is he causing you to live in fear, doubt, and unbelief? See, Romans 10 17 says, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let that hearing, that your hearing come out of your own mouth. The devil knows God's word is true. You know, you know what the battle is over? As long as the devil is not convinced that you know it's true. So if you're going to be an ambassador on the earth, you're going to have to choose to believe God. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I repent for not believing you. I confess that I have not grasped the fullness of my identity in you. And I renounce every lying spirit that would rob from me my identity in Christ and Christ alone. In the fullness of that day, I'm telling you, if you get your identity from your ministry and your works, you lose. You're going to lose. If, if you get your identity from your failures, you're already lost. You're losing the battle. Your identity is because of him. He paid for us. Jesus set our value at the cross, and you accept that, and then you accept that what he says you can do and who he says you are is true, and you get that settled in your mind, and you start speaking it out of your mouth until it becomes who you are. You will believe who God says you are. You will do what God says you can do. When you get your identity set, then you're going to want, because listen, when, when you're walking the way we're supposed to walk, if we're walking the way we're supposed to walk, and Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commandments, and we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and strength, love our neighbor as we love ourselves, we're going to get our words in order. We're going to understand the power of our words. We're going to we're going to not take the script. We're going to begin to take the scriptures seriously, not lightly. We're going to take them serious. What does it say? Whatever it says is what it means. And don't wrestle with it. And don't don't put any but this or put any but that or well I could do that but those are all hey listen I could I could do this but or that could happen but those are killer words don't put a but in front of what God says the tongue is one of the most underestimated parts of the body there's very little done to take care of it you know you don't even notice you have a tongue till you get a till you bite it. 
<laughs> you know, there are parts of the body that aren't supposed to be felt. The only reason you're feeling them is something's wrong. So the food, the tongue, it, it is a wonderful organ. We talk with it. We speak with it. If we're speaking well, it's doing wonderful. It has glands. We taste through it. You know, people that would want to feed you trash might give you some kind of chemical in the atmosphere that will cause you to give a get a sickness that causes you to not be able to taste or smell like you used to anymore. Okay? Because maybe they want to feed you whatever they want to feed you and they don't want you to care about what it tastes like. Come on. Without the tongue, it'd be fair to say there'd be hardly a use for the mouth. It's the smallest organ in the body and yet the bible says it's the hardest one to keep control of as men and women of god you're going to have to work diligently to tame your tongue and and when i say work diligently that means you're going to have to say god that's why david said lord put a guard over my mouth and i wouldn't sin against you it causes a lot of trouble James 3, 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of inequity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on the fire of hell. But the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil. It's full of deadly poison. 3, 5 through 3, 8, book of James. Our victory in the Christian walk will rise and fall according to what we say. If we're speaking negative words, it show it. We have a heart issue. So I repent, Lord, for my words. When I came, I haven't, I'm, I'm going to go through a few more scriptures, but I'm going to tell you, if you do a word study on tongues, on go to the go to the Proverbs and take a highlight pen and highlight everything that has to do with the tongue and speech. See if God isn't trying to tell us something. And people are so flippant with their words. When I, I, I have to still catch myself, and I do, and I repent. Okay. But and and mostly, listen, I'm just going to tell you, mostly it happens when I'm around people that have loose lips. And then that spirit will try to jump on me. And I'll have to put it back in order, crucify my flesh, and say no. But what I did when I learned the power of the tongue, I went, God, help me, Holy Spirit, to speak life and not death. And then then what would happen? Now, routinely now, I speak life. It's my lifestyle. It is a habit. And that's what you have to change. You have to change the old programming. Listen, we're all born into a fallen world and unless you had wonderful parents that understood deliverance and battled the enemy i mean in varying levels you're programmed by demons that's what strongholds are the strongholds have to be broken through the powerful weapons of god but then you got to be reprogrammed and you reprogram yourself by consistently doing things different than your programming first of all you repent you confess the sin, you repent, you turn from it, you break the curses, you cast out the demons, and then you do different than you have been. Matthew fifteen eighteen. but those things which proceed out of the heart come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. So listen, what God is saying, Jesus is saying right there is what you speak is coming out of your heart. So let's continue. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. death and and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. A man's belly will be satisfied by the fruit therein. What are you speaking? What kind of fruit are you eating? I break the power of words of death in Yeshua's name. So, Ephesians 4 Two nine. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Matthew fifteen eighteen. What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. I spoke that earlier. It defiles a person. Proverbs twelve eighteen. There is one whose rash words are like a sword thrust, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Matthew twelve thirty six. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. 
Proverbs 16, 24, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Colossians 3, 8, you must put them away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Matthew 12, 37, for by your words you'll be justified. By your words you will be condemned. Proverbs 13, 3, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Whoever keeps his mouth in his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Listen, there's one, one that's, <laughs> well, here's, listen. You got, you got an anger problem. You got, you got fights in your marriage. You got to die to self. Don't return evil for evil. How, how about Proverbs 15, 1? A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Speak kindness, even if somebody's not speaking kind to you. Speak it back. Speak, speak kindness back instead of returning fire for fire. James one twenty six. If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. So how about if anyone thinks he's in relationship with God and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, his relationship is worthless. Come on. What's the depth of that? Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Are you a married person out there? Been married in the past? Are you born again? Have you ever, even in any other relationships, have you had the time when the Holy Spirit's telling you to be quiet? Come on. Don't say a word. And you go on and speak something that ends up causing a problem with your spouse. And you're going, I wish I hadn't have done that. Come on. Proverbs 25, 11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Proverbs 17, 27, whoever restrains his word has knowledge and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Here's some more. Proverbs 15, 2. Proverbs 16, 23 and 24. Proverbs 10, 19. Proverbs 17, 9. Proverbs 11, 12. How I told you, uh, it don't return evil for evil. But here's Romans twelve fourteen. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. How about how about this? Proverbs twenty seven two. Let another praise you, not your own mouth. A stranger, not your own lips. Don't don't magnify how how powerful you are. <laughs> Don't magnify what a what a what a you know you may you may have some wonderful things you you can do, but you better give credit to the Lord. You didn't you did not determine your genetics, and you did not determine your giftings. God did it. Give Him glory. Don't don't brag on yourself. Don't brag on yourself. How about? Proverbs twelve twenty five. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Are you in fear? Is somebody else in fear? Speak life to him. Speak life over yourself. If you're weighted down, listen. I started off today in a prayer, and I was thinking. And when Shannon asked me how I'm doing, I said um, I was thankful for this, thankful for this, thankful. If you're not thankful, you're going to be heavy. And if you're thankful, the words of your mouth will reflect your thankfulness. I'm not, I'm not belittling your battles. I know we all have battles. We all have fights. The enemy is, he, he goes around like a roaring lion looking for whom he could devour. I realize that, but God's accounted for it. You want to win battles, be thankful. If you want to stay on the path of losing battles, have an ungrateful heart. If you have an ungrateful heart, you'll be complaining instead of praising. So are you complaining or are you praising? What are your words doing? For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. So do you want to love life and see good days? That's First Peter 3.10. So let's pray together. Father, right now, make a decision to control my tongue. Help me to control my tongue in my home, in the church, 
in the field. Help me, Lord, to control my tongue. James said we could do it. The Holy Spirit says we can do it. So by your grace and mercy, I'm making a decision today to get control of my tongue. Father Jehovah, right now in Jesus' name, I pray for those who say, Lord, I want to be more like you. I pray for those who want to be yielded and yoked to you under your headship and leadership. Father, I pray that you grace your people to hear what they're saying and to make corrections. I pray, I'm praying for you now. Now say it with me. Say, I pray that I'm able to progressively control my tongue, thus controlling situations in my own body and my destiny and my outcome in my life. Lord, I thank you for the turnaround in Jesus' name. Father, Jehovah, Elohim, I ask you to forgive me when I spoke words that tended to death and dissension. I repent for grumbling and complaining and for accusing people. I'm sorry, Lord. I ask you to forgive me, and I purpose to speak right words in Jesus' name. I repent for my ancestors in this area. And I break these curses in the name of Jesus, and I command every spirit in the name of Jesus to begin to break up and leave me. I forgive those that have spoken death against me. I break every curse on me and my family family that has come from speaking agreement with death. Forgive me, Lord, for speaking death over other people. I command the spirits who have enforced these curses who have enforced these curses to leave now in Jesus' name. Now take a deep breath. Come on. Go, 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 go. Every demon, every familiar spirit, every unclean spirit that's come through these unholy words. Go, 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 go. Spirit of blasphemy, cursing spirits in the name of Jesus. Complainer, grumbler, Korah, come out in Jesus' name. Go, 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 go. Gossip, backbite, slander, backstabbing. We repent, Father. We break these curses. In Jesus' name, we pull the spiritual knives out of the backs we plunged them into. We thank you, Lord, for removing the knives out of our backs. We break the power of these words that consume human beings. We break the power of cannibalism with words in the name of Jesus. And we say, go, 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 out in the name of Jesus. Take a deep breath. Cough, if you will. Come on. Go, 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 go. The Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. 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 I give you all the glory, Lord. Say it with me. I give you all the glory, Lord. Jesus, Yeshua, for setting me free and helping me speak words that heal myself and others. For helping me speak words that are maintaining freedom and expand your kingdom. In Yeshua, Jesus' holy name I pray and decree. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Obedience. There are weapons of warfare. Obedience is the beginning of that. Without obedience, no weapon you deploy counts. It just doesn't. Submit to God and resist the devil. See, it started off with identity. Then we went to the power of your words. You're going to have to use words to defeat your enemy. You're going to have to use words of life to counter words of death. You want to become a life speaker, not a death speaker. You want to speak death to darkness, but life into people. Death to darkness, but life over yourself and your family. But it all stems with a heart of obedience. If you love me, you obey my commandments. So I always teach on being quick to forgive and quick to repent. Now, some of you may have been, uh, it, it could have pricked your heart that you needed to forgive yourself specifically. I hope it did. And I hope you do. Because I, I've seen it, and, and I had never seen that before myself. Till we went, I went to a ministry down in, in Texas, and an a awesome daughter of the Lord down there put the ministry on, and she brought that up, and I went, look at that. 
because it is a specific release of self. I pray that you did that. See, obedience forgives. Obedience repents. So be quick. Now look, the first heart of obedience is not to sin. First heart of obedience is is you don't want to sin. You want to obey. And and but it is also obedient when you know you've blown it to run to the one who paid and get cleansed with repentance and confession. And let him cleanse you of all unrighteousness. But then a heart of obedience is when you're feeling offended. Jesus said offense would come, but how do you deal with it? I'm told not to let the sun go down on your wrath. That doesn't mean you want to stew in it all day long. It means immediately start forgiving. If you're obedient, you'll be able to fight the good fight of faith. If you're not obedient, you're not submitting to God. Submit to God and resist the devil, and the devil will flee. Amen. So within that obedience, we we take up the full armor of God. So are you are you girt about with truth? You have a loincloth of truth on. That means you don't lie anymore. And God's word is your truth. Have you received the breastplate of righteousness? See, people put it on and that's OK to practice that till you get it. But what it's really about is living it. You have a breastplate of righteousness. The Lord has made you righteous. Now live righteously. Let the Bible be your truth. Let the Holy Spirit lead you into truth. Accept your righteousness and live in grace of God to live a righteous life that befits who you are. Are your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace? Are are you walking in peace with all men if possible? Are you a troublemaker or are you a peacemaker? I'm not talking about a peacekeeper that keeps peace at all costs, even when it's wrong. I'm talking about a peacemaker. Do you bring the gospel of peace with you? Are you a minister of reconciliation? Are you ready to share with somebody? I'll take this above all, take the shield of faith. That means when the devil comes to you, and when, when you're being tempted, see, it says, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you are able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Fiery darts are coming. Fiery darts are words in your head that do not line up with God. Fiery darts are temptations against your flesh, draws against your flesh to do something that you ought not do. And they are draws against your emotions, which are part of your flesh. Are are your emotions healthy? If you're having an unhealthy emotion, you've got to resist the enemy with the shield of faith. And that has to be done by saying, no, devil, I'm not going here. And use the word of God I quoted earlier about your identity against him. Take the helmet of salvation. Okay. Take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation should bring peace. See, it's like, look, if you're wearing that helmet, the fruit of the Spirit should be manifest. Love, joy, peace, hope, patience, meekness, kindness, self-control, right? Come on. It, it, do, you, do you have the helmet of salvation, of, of, of power and love and a sound mind? Are you wearing a helmet with fear and doubt and unbelief and rejection and abandonment? Come on. Which one you got on? Put on the right one. Put on the right helmet. James 4.16 says he gives more grace. Therefore, he says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. James 4.7, therefore, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. James 4.8, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners. Purify your hearts, double-minded ones. He's telling us what to do here. You're going to have to resist the enemy. You must respond to the enemy. You have to, or you get defeated. Now listen, Revelation twelve ten, and her loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Our goal should be to live a holy life through God's grace. Now, look, eliminating the accusations of the enemy. 
Can I tell you something? If I judge myself, which you should, you're not judging your value of your person. If you're doing that, repent. You are eminently, unbelievably valuable. (laughs) So much so that God became a man and took a horrible beating. And was pierced. And hung on a cross. Because he loves you. He didn't come to condemn the world. But to save the world. So if you're condemning yourself. It's because you haven't repented. Haven't, haven't You haven't gone to the Lord. And said I'm sorry. And then took him at his word. And if you're going. Because you just like don't like the circumstances. You're missing. You'll never get cleansed. You'll never have a free and unencumbered spirit if the only reason you're going is you don't like the circumstances. You have to go out of a grateful heart. You have to go and say, God, I'm not acting like you, but I want to, and I love you. Forgive me. And then you have to take him at his word that he forgives you and cleanses you of all unrighteousness. So if I'm going to, if I purpose in my in my heart to be holy because he's holy to live a holy life i told a man yesterday listen i i i don't care about what people think about me and i do care about what people think about me i don't care about what people think about me if i have to tell them some truth or i have to share with them what they're doing will destroy them i'm never sharing as if it couldn't be me because i know it could be i know by the grace of god what i don't do anymore I know by the grace of God that what I do well is because of him and I give him glory. So, but I am not, I am more concerned about a person's life and them being living a life and a life more abundant than I am about their opinion of me if they don't like me because I tell them what they're doing will destroy them. I am concerned about what people think about me because I want my life to reflect his glory. I want my life to reflect what he's done for me. I want my life to, I want to be conformed to him and I want to be in his image and I want to be holy because he said I'm holy, not so that I can say I'm all that and somebody else is not. I want to walk in his anointing and his power so lives can be changed. So in order to do that, you have to come out from amongst them. So in, in, in this respect, you, I, I don't drink. And I don't smoke. And I'm not condemning you. I'm telling you, you don't. If you want to be a bold witness, don't even play with alcohol at all. It's a bad witness. Don't drink. Don't smoke. Don't cuss. Be careful what you watch. Don't go watch things you ought not watch. Don't listen to things you ought not leave. Your soul needs to become precious to you, not just for your own sake, but for the sake of the others. For not only the lost, but to the brethren around you. How do we strengthen each other if we won't set ourselves apart? So you have to don't care and that you're not worried about people thinking you're being mad at you when you tell them the truth that might save their life. But you need to care about what you look like to fight this fight so that so that you don't cause somebody else to stumble. See, because what will happen is is if you're a man of God, a woman of God, and you're partaking in alcohol, then the person that struggles with alcohol, he sees you do it, and they think, well, if they do it, I can do it, and then you cause them to stumble. Or you're 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 taking the drink, you're doing that, you're having your little wine out in public. I'm not condemning you, hear me, but then somebody else sees you, and they won't even take a ministry from you because they see that, and they see it as sin, and they can't walk without stumbling over it. So the enemy is continually accusing us. Why not disarm his accusations? Amen. Let's disarm him. And we do that by repenting. We do that by forgiving. Amen. You you can so hear and obey. Let's live for God, the Shema, Hero Israel. Hear and obey the Lord our God, the Lord, the Jehovah our Elohim. Jehovah is one. Love Jehovah your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments I give you today 
are to be on your heart and press them on your children. We need to talk about God in our going at home, when we walk along the road, when we lie down, when we get up. We need to ask God for his love to help us love him. We obey out of a heart of love for an awesome, good, and majestic God. True obedience inspires devotion to God. True obedience brings us closer to God. So, Father, I just thank you for your people. I thank you for all that you've done. I ask you to bless them today. I I bind and break the power of the spirit of disobedience. Take a deep breath. Disobedience and rebellion. Let God's people go. And I thank you, Lord, that the hallmark of the faith of your people will be obedience, loving you, and loving their neighbor, and loving themselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Great word today. Brother King, what would you like to title this for the archive? Let's call it Identity and Obedience. Okay. Also, give out your contact information. How do people reach you, King? Okay. Our our website is ChristOutreachOklahoma.com. Shortcut is KingRitchie.com, K-I-N-G-R-I-C-H-E-Y.com. And on our website is our email. On our website is my phone number. And um, we're, we're delighted to hear from anybody, delighted to pray for people. Uh, we do, uh, as time permits, set up and schedule personal deliverances. And uh, we're, we're glad to help people. We do that by Zoom. And um, we, But we love you. There's a lot of resource on that website. And uh, uh, I just pray that you would mine it, use anything for your personal use to teach others, do whatever you want to with it. It's there to build the body of Christ. So ChristOutreachOklahoma.com. My friend, thank you for coming on. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Thank you, Shannon. Bless you and love you. Love you too. Folks, stand by. Let's get uh, Dr. Sabrina on. If you're here for the first time, welcome aboard. Okay, I am dialing. Stand by.